This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right, the other thing I wanted to get to was Steve Cohen. So Steve Cohen did two interviews. One was a print interview with Jeff Passan in which he basically told every other owner, if you don't spend money, you're being cheap, you bastard, which I loved. And that was really the highlight of that interview, that Steve Cohen, and he was so right about it. I don't even say this just as a Met fan. I would have said this when the Wilpons owned the team. You have the money to spend other owners. Don't blame me. I'm playing within the rules. I'm paying the tax. Go out and spend money. And one of the biggest issues in baseball is the payroll disparity, except here's the argument that I would have with some of these small market goons. The payroll disparity is your fault. The owner of the Oakland A is a billionaire. That's fact. And yet his payroll is $39 million. So what are we talking about here? So I think there are more owners that should spend more money. I thought that Cohen being as defiant as he was, was an awesome sign. Like, we're already pumped up about Steve Cohen. Carlos Correa's situation aside, because I really don't think that was about money. That was about they're concerned about his ankle. This isn't the Wilpons. This is not an ownership group looking for an excuse not to spend. Like, I think legitimately Steve Cohen and the Met doctors had concern. So overall, he is willing to spend. He has showed that. I thought that those comments, those defiant comments, was a signal to the rest of baseball. I'm not stopping. Like, this is not going to stop next year. So, Shohei Otani, is he going to be in New York, Matt? I don't know. The guy may not want to play in New York, but the Mets aren't going to be outbid. That's the one thing I feel confident about. So, I thought that was really cool because Steve Cohen's become a legend for us as Mets fans, but sometimes it's good to hear him reaffirm what we already know about him, which is, I got a lot of money, and I'm going to spend it, and you bastard owners who are jelly, you're very jelly. That's on you. So that was tremendous. I love it. So, so I, I love it too. And what's, what's really exciting is the past two off seasons, we've seen some bigger names, the Scherzers, the Verlinders of the world, choose the Mets. And it's nice, but they're a little bit older. I'm waiting for the youthful you know, whether it's Juan Soto, whether it's a Manny Machado, I imagine Machado's a little bit older, but one of those guys to sign with the Mets because that's going to show and prove how real this change is for the Mets because yeah. most that, that hasn't happened. 
Well, it's it's sort of happened in Lindor. I know it's a trade, but then you had to re-sign him, and they gave him the mega contract. But I, I get what you're saying. It's it's not a pure free agent signing. They traded for the guy, and then they gave him all that money. But you're right. Like They've spent a lot of money on short-term deals with older players. When you sign Juan Soto or Shohei Otani, whoever else you want to come up with, prime of their career, that's a Beltron signing. That's what it is. That's a trade and re-sign Mike Piazza kind of move. That's, you know, the A-Rod move that they should have made going into the 2001 season, which I still look at as a huge regret. Even knowing what we know about Alex Rodriguez, I think that was the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes of the Wilpon era was not taking the guy who grew up as a Met fan and was the best player in baseball and not making him the face of the franchise. And mark my words about this. I can never be proven right because it's altering history. If they sign A-Rod, no matter what happens with the steroids, all you guys would have loved him. And it wouldn't have altered our view on him. It, I, I swear, like, if this guy was a Met between 01 and when he retired 14 years later, and he ends up hitting all those home runs, same stuff, same kind of crap. He's got paintings of himself as a horse. He's sunning himself in Central Park. He's caught using steroids, like, all the same stuff. He'd have been a god. Amongst Met fans. Dude, Yankees fans love A-Rod. Giants fans love Barry Bonds. Cardinals fans love Mark McGuire. So you're 100% right. Like, if he if his production was as big as it was with the Yankees, we would have been all over him. One question to you, though, with, with Steve Cohen, basically saying, I'm going to continue to spend a ton of money, so get ready. You guys got to step your game up. How much does it hurt them, the Mets as a whole, in the trade market? I don't think it hurts them. I don't buy that. That owners are going to refuse to make deals with Steve Cohen. I I just don't buy that. I I don't even buy. And like there was a report that came out after the Nets traded Kyrie Irving. Here we that, go. No, it, it's relatable, <laughs> though. Trust me. <laughs> it all makes sense. There was a report that Joe Sy was going to refuse trading Kyrie Irving to the Lakers. Like, he wasn't going to do it. And I call BS on that. I think the Nets took the best offer in their mind. I happen to agree with them. They took the best offer out there. And I think most owners, not all, take the best offer. So if the Mets are trying to make a trade and they're offering the most, nine times out of ten, I think the team takes the best offer. I know there's a lot of Yankee fans that thought there was always a Yankee tax, that they couldn't get Kurt Schilling because the Diamondbacks asked for more. Uh, I think a lot of it's conspiracies that aren't really based in reality. Once in a while, sure, it's a relationship business. You don't have a good relationship with the GM. Maybe they take slightly less. But I think for the most part, if you make the best offer, you're going to get the most back. So I'm not fearful of that. I'm not. And look, the truth is signing free agents, drafting correctly, developing your own guys, that's good enough. You know what I mean? You may may not have to make a million trades. One thing to keep in mind, though, about payroll and spending. Spending doesn't guarantee you anything. And I thought this was fascinating. I saw this posted by uh, Jason Churchill at Prospect Insider on Twitter. What he did was he went back to 2010. Okay, so we're talking about the last 12 seasons, 13 seasons of Major League Baseball, 13 seasons, and put the payroll rank of the team that won the championship that year. So without looking it up, Pete, since 2010, 
How many times do you think the team with the highest payroll won the World Series? 13 years. How many times do you think that happened? I want to say six. You're going to say six. Okay. The answer is twice. That's it. Twice. And I give you the answers on who they were. 2018, the Boston Red Sox. 2020, weird season, but still the LA Dodgers. That's it. Think about this. And here are the rankings so you can see who won the World Series. 2010, the Giants were ranked eighth. 2011, the Cardinals were ranked ninth. 2012, the Giants were ranked seventh. 2013, the Red Sox were ranked third. 2014, the Giants were ranked seventh. 2015, the Kansas City Royals, 13th. 2016, the Chicago Cubs, fifth. 2017, the Houston Astros, 17th. Though they were cheating. 2018, Red Sox, number one. 2019, the Washington Nationals, seventh. 2020, the LA Dodgers, number one. 2021, who won the World Series in 2021? I try to ignore that. I try to ignore that. The Atlanta Braves, 10th. And in 2022, the Houston Astros, eighth. So that's not me telling Met fans, don't be excited about spending. I love that they're spending. I think it gives you a better chance to win, but the proof is in the pudding. Even a top two payroll, it doesn't guarantee you anything. A top three payroll doesn't guarantee you anything. There are three examples. In fact, there are more examples in the last 12 years of teams outside the top 10 winning a championship than the team with the number one payroll in all baseball. Yeah, but it seems like the 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 go to is you got to be in the top ten. If yeah, you're in the top ten, right. it's it's you're got a better chance. That's a, the outlier is the Royals a hundred percent. And you look at that team, you go back to I think they were one of the least um, power hitting teams in the league that year. I, if I'm correct, they they barely hit home runs. That team was like an anomaly, and of course the Mets had to run into them. Yeah, look, you're right that being in the top ten is important, but think about this. There are more examples of a team outside of the top 10 winning a World Series than a team at number one or number two winning the World Series in the last 13 years. Now, you go back before that, I think the Yankees were number one in 09. So there are other examples of huge behemoths, but I'm looking at the last 13 years. And so it helps to spend. It's great that they spend. I am not bringing this up as a stop spending point. It's just a reminder that spending doesn't guarantee anything. You need to do multiple things to win. The reason, and I I stand by this, and I think this applies to the Yankees too, but this is Rico Bronia. This isn't the Tim Leary. Um, I don't know why I used him as an example. I apologize. (laughs) This isn't the Scott Sanderson podcast. This isn't the Alvaro Espinoza. Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. (laughs) I'm so enthralled by naming all the Yankees. Oh, yeah. The Braves (laughs) won the division last year because, in my opinion, because of Michael Harris, because of Vaughn Grissom, and because of Spencer Strider. Those were three huge reasons why Atlanta won the division, and that's prospects coming up, some of them during the season, and contributing. And I believe if the New York Mets, I've said this before, if the New York Mets are going to win the division in 2023, doesn't mean they have to be on the roster on opening day, by the way. They will do it because of Brett Beatty, Francisco Alvarez, and maybe somebody we're not even thinking of. Same thing for the Yankees with guys like Anthony Volpe and Oswald Peraza. So 
spending is great and I'm glad they've done it, but you got to do those other things to win. So the one thing that, and again, I even Cohen said this, I think it was part of the passing article or whatever it was. I think he went on record saying that he admitted, I didn't expect I had to spend this much, right. but the pro and, and the thing is he's spending this much right now. And it's not, going to be a given every year he's going to have a payroll close to 400 million dollars when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply it's because of the situation this team was in, he had to fix it. And he is. And that's what you have to look at and be like, he sees the big picture. Yeah. It is through the draft. It is through draft. It is through re- work with prospects. So I'll overpay now. In a few years, these young guys are going to get called up and we're going to see the Escobars and the Akanas and, and Marte is going to be gone. And we're going to see this young youth movement coming to the Mets as long as they're actually good. And and the the payroll's not going to be as big. Yeah, it's the Dodger formula. It's what the Dodgers did a bunch of years ago in that you spend in the short term so that you're good and competitive, and you also develop the youth underneath you in the meantime. One thing that's going to hurt developing the youth is this Matt Allen injury, which I feel terrible about. Uh, he needed a second, a corrective Tommy John surgery, whatever it is. So we're not going to see him pitch this season. Uh, it's a shame. You know, you feel bad for this kid. He was drafted by Brody Van Wagenen in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. And here we are. We're not going to see this kid pitch again until 2024. And even at that point, you still have to build yourself up coming off Tommy John again, and you've got to prove yourself. So bad news with Matthew Allen. The other thing with Steve Cohen, in the other interview he did with Howie Rose, he spent a lot of time talking about City Field and talking about the surrounding area. He didn't answer a question about Carlos Correa, by the way. He was... Uh, how he brought it up, and basically he went with it. I can't talk about it. So it is what it is. It's over. We've discussed that at nauseum. Um, I, I love the fact. It's it's one of those not as big of a deal as winning thing because winning's the most important, but he's going to change the area around City Field, and that is so monumental because growing up, growing up 30 years ago, going to Shea Stadium, there was never anything to do there was never a restaurant to go to there was never a bar to go to there was nothing and here we are in 2023 and the truth is nothing's changed it nothing has changed and steve had a funny line to howie where he said well there is something to do after a game get your muffler changed and it's funny it's (laughs) it's sort of depressing but (laughs) I thought it was really cool to hear, and I know that this has been going on for a while now, so it's not new news necessarily, that he is motivated to change the surrounding area. He said a few things I wonder about. Number one is using the parking lot to start building stuff, and then he would build parking garages. I hate that idea, by the way, because I think parking garages are the death of all of us. Getting out of a parking garage is brutal. Ask Yankee fans or ask Met fans who go to Yankee Stadium. Those garages are awful. So now Steve made the point of 
Here's why it'll work. And it's interesting. He said, if there's so much around city field, not everybody, and there, there's things in the parking lot, kind of like what's in Philadelphia where they got basically in the parking lot or at least across the street, that big entertainment center, there's a casino, there's a restaurant, there's all sorts of crap. There's bars that people won't be leaving at the same time. So that when a game is over, you're not going to have 40,000 people all converging at the parking garages. You're going to have 10,000 people per- going to the parking garages, another 10,000 people going to gamble, another 5,000 people going to stuff themselves with mozzarella sticks, and another 5,000 people getting their mufflers changed. And if you add all that <laughs> up, you don't have everybody leaving necessarily at the same time. I don't know, bro. Parking garages are the death of us. Like one of the best parts about City Field is that there's so much parking lot space that you don't have to wait to go down a parking garage. So I heard Cohen say that, and I'm a little concerned. Not going to lie. You, you, but you say there's so much parking, but the reality is it's not as much as you think, especially when like uh, when the U.S. Open comes around and it's just like chaos because there's just not enough parking to go around at that point in time. So if you're talking about there's going to be more things added to the surrounding area, you kind of not need to do that. Because you're gonna you're gonna have less place to park. Yeah, if you're building stuff in the parking lot, yeah, because you're taking parking lot space away. I never thought that would be the plan. I always thought that where those muffler shops are would just sprout up into casinos and restaurants and bars. Howie did ask him. He said, "Hey, what's the timeline on this?" <laughs> and Cohen basically said, "Well." It's going to take a while. So it's <laughs> it's one of those things where it's fun to think about, but it is going to take a long time. He said they need to come up with a master plan, like all the di- like all the plans, and then you got to start building it. That's going to take years. That's going to take a very very long time. So Did you see Yeah. Did you see the other part about what he was referring to about in the stadium stuff? Yeah, so which is very exciting too. Let's get to that. So he brings up the new scoreboard, which I think someone asked about in our uh, mailbag a couple weeks ago. And I made the comment, I don't want to know about it. I want to walk into City Field on opening day and just see it. But obviously, I know what's going on. Cohen said, while sitting in his suite, he had to squint his eyes to see the scoreboard, which is such a billionaire story. Like, I was squinting my eyes. I couldn't see the scoreboard. So I said, Jimmy! Build me a bigger scoreboard. Make it quadruple in size. So now we've got this massive scoreboard coming. That's one of those things where I just can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see what it looks like. They're also bringing in the right field seats a little bit, not to help anybody, but because they're adding more seating out there. I wonder, and because we have a billionaire owner who gets it, and he knows that as much as I love baseball and you love baseball and a lot of people listening love baseball, you almost have to convince people to come to games differently than you did 20 years ago. I think 20 years ago it was, here's a baseball game, pay us top dollar, go watch baseball game. I think it's becoming different now because there's so many other things to do that I've wondered, are we going to head to a day? And I don't mean this in relation to just gambling, though you could take it this way, where every seat is going to have like a tablet connected to the front of the seat, uh, the back of the seat in front of them. Like when you're on an airplane and you you fly JetBlue and there's a screen connected to the back of the seat in front of you and you could watch TV and you could see where the plane is landing, all that kind of crap. 
are we headed towards a day? And I think Cohen would be on the forefront of this, by the way. That's why I bring it up for us, because we got a freaking billionaire owner who gets it. Are we going to be going to baseball games in five years? And like in front of us is going to be a tablet where we can watch replays or we can see the speed of the pitch right in front of us, or we can have like a game tracker. And then, oh yeah, by the way, if you want to go flip some other game on, you're allowed to, or if you want to place a bet, you're allowed to. I don't think what I'm saying right now is nuts. Like I could sort of see that in the next decade. Can you plug your headphones in and leave, either listen to Howie on the radio or listen to the TV broadcast while you're there too? I oh, mean, yes. That would be amazing. That's a win right there. That's a win. I can but see it. it. But, but it will help people be locked into the game too. You give people these functions and they'll mess around with it. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I just think that you look at the Mets attendance last year. It wasn't amazing considering how good the team was. And I start to wonder – is it going to become more of a challenge to get people in the ballpark? You see how different City Field is than Shea Stadium. They got things for the kids, which is great. They've got so many places to eat. They got all these this entertainment stuff that if going to a game and getting people to give you their money to go to a baseball game, it's going to take more, including things like that, where there are screens for you to watch things. I don't know. I just wonder about it because I do think we have an owner who understands it's an entertainment business. And while winning seems to be the cure-all, just when people will show up like it's 1986. I don't know. I wonder if there's going to have to be more. But I'm excited to see the the new looks of this ballpark. And I kind of expect that every year he's going to add more and more stuff. Um, You know, it's interesting. Your guy said something that made me think the other day, Tiki and Tierney. They mentioned, maybe you brought it up. Maybe I shouldn't give them credit. No, I'm kidding. I think it was their idea. How different this stadium would have looked if Steve Cohen built it, if Cohen had bought the team, we're in a different time warp and city field is being built, except it's coming from Cohen. It's not coming from Fred Wilpon. And it is a fascinating question because I actually like the fact that the Brooklyn Dodgers are tributed. My issue was tribute them and the giants like tribute both teams that we came from. But this stadium would be so massively different. Not only would they not have made the mistake of ignoring the Mets franchise when it first opened, but I can only imagine what it would look like. It'd be so different if Steve Cohen was like the architect of this thing. Well, one one debate was, would it have had a dome aspect? Would it have a roof aspect to it? I no, think it, it, it may would, have. I don't no? know. No, it would have been too expensive. I, oh, come on, we're talking about Steve Cohen here. The guy, yeah, but that's a different kind of expense. <laughs> I I don't think as put it this way, I don't think as much as that would save on rain delays and encourage people to come to the ballpark no matter the weather, I don't think it makes up for the cost, which is crazy because you would think, well, a mid-April game should do fine. Who cares how cold it is? There's a dome. But it's so expensive that I wonder over the course of 30 years, how many more people would you have to get into that ballpark? And I know you could add events. I get that. You could have, you know, freaking WrestleMania. Why that's the first thing to come to my mind is crazy. You could have the final four <laughs> concerts. Like I get all that, but I just, I've always wondered if that would have been financially worth it as much as it would be great for us. I don't know if it would have been financially worth it. I do think, though, that Steve Cohen, though he didn't buy uh, the team 
when the stadium hadn't been built. He's going to make this into his own thing. He's going to do as much as he possibly can to add his touch, his, his flavor to the stadium the way it is. And I think it will, over the next 10 years, you'll see a, you'll see so much different stuff. You won't even remember that the Will Ponds existed when it, when, in 10 years from now. I already forgot the Will Ponds existed. <laughs> <laughs> it's already out of my mind.